Hi, everyone. It's Shayla. Um, we're back here with our podcast, Together We Fight For All. It's a generation action podcast. Um, we're an organization that focuses on reproductive health and immigration, the environment, civil rights. Uh, so today we're going to talk about immigrant parents. Um, and today we have Andrea with us. We have two Andreas. We have Andrea Ruiz and Andrea Lee. So if you guys want to introduce yourselves. Sure. So I am Andrea, the vice president and co-founder of Gen Action. Um, and Andrea <laughs> Lee is a, you know what? You introduce yourself. Sorry. <laughs> I got this. Hi, um, I'm Andrea Lee. I mean, you Andrea. That makes it easy for you guys um, for continuity reasons. Um, I am an integrated marketing communications major with a concentration in advertising management and a minor in psychology. And then I'm a junior at RU. Um, so I guess I'll just start by saying why I wanted to pick Drea for our guest this episode. Um, so I had a sociology class with her and she would always bring up um, a lot of like personal things about her mom being from Jamaica. And I feel like I really related with that. And I guess that really showed me that having immigrant parents, no matter where they come from, we are all in this together. That's one of the reasons why Shayla and I bonded, because she's um, from, her parents are from the Philippines, and my parents are Mexican. And being like both countries being uh, colonized by Spain, I feel like we have so many similarities. Yeah, definitely. It's weird because we're Filipinos are labeled as Asians because our country is located in Asia, but really. I feel like a lot of our values and culture is is Hispanic. So it's just like that weird dynamic of like a label versus what you actually are. Um, so I guess my first question for you would be, uh, do you want to talk a bit about um, your mom, like where she's from, and how do you think that that has affected you um, growing up? Um, so my mom moved here from Jamaica at the age of 13 and then with her siblings. And then um, she met my dad in kansas and he's american so off the bat it, i always noticed like difference between how i was like raised and kind of how like my siblings are raised with like both like two jamaican immigrant parents because my sibling's dad is actually from jamaica so it was kind of interesting like seeing like how i'm very like proud of my culture obviously but like they have like it seems like theirs is like turned up a notch, getting that like two double sides rather than like I'm like, oh yes, I'm Jamaican, but I also have like ties to like Brooklyn, New York, because that's where like all of my dad's side is from. So it's interesting. And also just being like a black immigrant too. I noticed like how much like American stuff, like I didn't know. Like like I should rephrase that. The um a black child of an immigrant, like a first gen. So, like, I noticed that I didn't know, like, random things. Like, I didn't know who KKK was until, like, <laughs> junior high. And, like, people are like, why didn't you know that, like, you're black? I'm like, yeah, but my mom's not American. <laughs> or, like, um, the other day I was like, oh, yeah, we start school on Wednesday, but I'm okay. And he's like, Tuesday. And, like, my, uh, my manager was like, no, it's Monday. Why don't you know that? I'm like, I'm, my mom's not American. <laughs> I never picked up on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wow, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. Like, <laughs> do you um, think? Do you think the experience of 
someone who migrated from Jamaica versus someone who was born here, do you think the, like what they call the black experience would be different? Oh yeah, cause um, my mom won't even tell me like past experience that she had like with black Americans, like telling her that she wasn't like black enough because mm-hmm. she was from Jamaica. Whether it's like with me, like I've never gotten that comment like in relation to like being Jamaican. I've gotten that comment that I talk white though, but like never like that like I'm not black enough because like I'm of Jamaican descent because I was born here. But like rather my mom got that because she wasn't like american mm-hmm. so i definitely see differences like i feel like jamaicans get that um the short end of the, end of the stick with the um they get this like a very similar treatment like how other immigrants get like when they come here like oh you're stealing jobs you're bringing bad things over here like that whole thing so it's another like just added layer of racism <laughs> like rather than like I don't get that part. I like how you mentioned that, that now that you're 18, they're like, kind of want you to date, because I feel like that's my experience too. And <laughs> Shayla's laughing because she knows that. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm 20 and my parents are like, you need to start dating. I feel like they kind of want me now to like, I guess, get married. I'm almost graduating school. <laughs> I'm like, right. no, not going to happen. <laughs> well, yeah, it's weird because they want us to do all these things once we get to a certain age, but we don't know how to do any of those things because we haven't experienced them when everyone else was experiencing them. So my so there was like this party at my church. They held like a like a college party for some reason. And my mom was like, you should go. You need to socialize. And I was like, I don't like socializing because you kept me in the house for all these years. And it's just like, it's just the weirdest switch. It's like a personality you know, like the movie switch, or is that what it's called? Yeah, it's like that, basically. <laughs> it's like another thing, like where, um, no sex, guys, no sex at all. And then, like, one age is like, when I ran into grandkids, yeah, like, didn't you just tell me no dating, no mm-hmm. babies, no sex? And now mm-hmm. you're like, oh, where's the grandkids? Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't even want them anymore, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, so I do have a question about dating. Um, I don't know if this is an issue for you um do you think if you were to like put in your example date a white guy and bring him home would that would your parents be okay with that i feel like if i dated outside of my race my parents at first in the beginning would be um not upset but disappointed is that the, i don't know if that's right <laughs> my family okay so my family knows me and they know that I don't like saying, like, whitewash, because I feel like that puts, like, us, like, immigrant kids, like, in a box, or, like, first-gen kids in a box of how to act, but, like, they knew, my favorite band was One Direction, they knew at some point I was going to bring a white boy home, <laughs> so, like, my freshman year of college, when they were, like, like, when I told them about who I was seeing then and that he was white, they were, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, and then now, like, right now I'm in a relationship, and the guy I'm dating is black, and when I told them, they were more surprised with that than when I told them about before, because they know me. <laughs> they, they know. They were very shocked. They were like, we're happy that you're dating someone black, but we're shocked. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I told you guys I didn't have a type. <laughs> That's so interesting. I I don't know if my parents have like expectations for me. I think if I met someone here in Aurora, 
they would just assume that he's Mexican because 80% of the guys that I know are like Mexican. So I don't know, Andrea, do you, do you think you would ever bring a Mexican guy home? Like, do you think uh, that's your thing? Well, I feel like they would probably expect that too, because here in Cicero, like everyone's Mexican, uh-huh. but maybe it's just the Mexicans that I know. They're all like in the, you know, grew up with like, the machismo expectations, like their moms serve their parents, I mean, their dads, and their sisters are like stay-at-home wives, like my sister is, and I kind of don't like that. Um, so if I were to date a Mexican, it would have to be like not expect that at all, because <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. It's always funny because like my mom and my sister, they always have the rule with like we're gonna be with Jamaicans, so we're gonna marry Jamaicans. And like I never like obviously like I get why they care, but like my thing is like I can get past like not getting along, like not 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 getting along, like not relating on every single cultural topic. But, like, I understand why it's valued. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good, sorry, that's a, a good thing to bring up is I never thought about it that way. And maybe they want us to have someone that we share the culture with. I was thinking more of, like, they want to keep other cultures out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, it. yeah, it can go both ways. I just feel like, for me, I don't want to marry a Filipino because, like, I don't want to have to deal with another crazy Filipino family and like why would like I'm trying to get out of mine why would I enter another one you know so I'm just like wondering if it's just like an Asian person thing or if it if everyone else experiences that yeah I definitely I remember it's my mom too I was like I can't date a Jamaican man I can't be someone's mother and wife like that's so much (laughs) Like, I did not like, give birth to this man. Why am I raising a grown man for the rest of my life that I'm supposed to be, like, in a partnership with? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I know I would get into with if I married a Jamaican man. That's how I feel about marrying a Mexican. <laughs> now I'm scared, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think it depends. There's, different, there's definitely some guys that I know now that I feel like they're used to it, that girls are like, we're not going to put up with that anymore. Like, if they're, like, older and, like, they've dated, like, in high school and college. But a lot of my friends that, like, got married, like, in, right after high school, their husbands still have that expectation. Because I feel like they were together since high school. They're, like, this is just going to be, like, the same thing as my parents. <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh, maybe I s- got to skip all that because I didn't really date in high school. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. Like, how, I guess, like, how younger couples, younger couples that are people of color and their experiences with, like, starting their family young, like, how different is that from white people? I just feel like there's just so much culture we're expected to, like, give our children. Like, besides, like, just, like, raising them right. Like, our parents expect us to, like, like, pass that down, like, maintain them in our households with Mm -hmm. who we're with. So I always, like, wonder, like, how, how do you do that? <laughs> like, as a teenager, like, now, like, I'm showing, like, like, I'm thinking, like, bringing, like, my boyfriend to, like, Jamaica, like, and showing him, like, my grandma's home out there. But, like, how do you, like, I wouldn't want to do that as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never thought about that, how, like, I've noticed with my, my niece, she's, like, doesn't really speak Spanish, and she's a very picky eater, and I feel like that stuff does bother my mom. Like, if I had kids, 
then they would probably be like her. I don't think, I don't know, I guess because I'm thinking more of like, they're going to go to school, they're going to have to speak English, I'd rather them speak English first. And I feel like that would, my parents don't speak English, that would definitely be tough for them. I just like noticed like how kind of American, like Americanized we are. And so we're expected to like, breed these non-Americanized children. But how are we supposed to do that when we're not, Mm -hmm. we're just as American as our kids are going to be? Yeah, I, I doubt that I would be able to teach them English and Filipino and whatever language my husband speaks. It's just like way too much. Because there's a lot of immigrant... What do you guys think of the immigrant... Children of immigrants who don't speak their parents' language. Like, do you think that's weird? Or do you think that's like... I don't know. Like, do you think that they're less intelligent? Like, I can understand... So in Jamaica, we speak Patwa. And I can understand it perfectly. I can... But I cannot speak it. I can't do a Jamaican accent. I sound stupid. Like... It's bad. So, like, how am I supposed to, like, be like, it's fine. But then be like, you guys have, like, you guys have to know how to, like, you have to know how to speak Tagalog. And then Andrea doesn't speak Spanish. Like, you have to. Like, that's unrealistic. Yeah. So, I feel like I get so mad when, like, other, like, first-gen kids get mad at other first-gen kids for not being able to know their, like, native language. That's true. Yeah, I was always told that um, parents who don't teach their kids Tagalog is like, they're like not doing their job as parents. And I'm just like, well, we live, we don't live in the Philippines. We live in this country called America. So it's, it's just like this, I don't know, like a weird stigma that we have to be speaking a language that we, from a country that we weren't really, really a part of. Especially if we don't live somewhere where like, there's a lot of like, Mm -hmm. People, like, there's no Jamaicans in Schaumburg. <laughs> there's, like, Jamaicans in Evanston and kind of Chicago, but there's barely any, like, Illinois, period. Like, mm-hmm. so it's hard for me to, like, be expected to feel a sense of community when I just live around white people. Mm-hmm. I feel like with Mexican kids who don't speak um, Spanish, a lot of people call them the no sabo kids because that's, like, the uh, slang or, like, the proper way to say in Spanish they don't know how to speak Spanish. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of expectations that they're like, they don't follow their culture or they want to be white when in reality, I feel like they struggle with the language and they want to learn and they're getting like made fun of, it discourages them from doing so. And like in my case, I'm grateful that I speak it at home, but now that I've gotten older and I speak it less, I struggle with it. And my parents always make fun of how I stutter and like what I say. And I feel like I would rather just not teach it to my kids, like just avoid it altogether and just go straight to English. Because I feel like now I struggle with my English sometimes. I feel like I have a hard time um, trying to sound like professional and like say big words. And in Spanish, like I said, I stutter and I have a hard time also. And I feel like that's, I don't know if that's common with people who speak two languages, but that's what I blame it on. I'm like, sorry that this is my... Both languages suck. I, <laughs> I learned how to them both when I was little. So I wanted to ask you about, this kind of has to go in with the language. Um, this was, if you have expectations to be perfect, I feel like my parents want us to be like this, the perfect little immigrant 
children. They want us to be perfect students and and as I'm getting older, they want me to like date and be like this future perfect wife like my sister. And I feel like I have this more pressure than my friends who are from here who have American moms. Do you agree? I definitely agree, but I've also noticed like I feel like my mom got a harder than I got, like from her mom. Like which is oh like it's kind of like good in the sense that she learned like not to do that like that like that strict like like rules like she had strict rules but not as bad as like my grandma like my grandma specifically wanted like her girls to all be nurses because she thought that that was like the best job like a woman could have but like with my mom she was just just go to grad school like make sure you're in grad school make sure you're not dating like until after 18 don't get pregnant and make sure you have your degree so it's very much like if I dropped out of college, I feel like that would rip like at her heart. Like that's not even an option. So like it was, and in high school, it's definitely make sure you're getting good grades to get into college. Like I don't like this is how you guys experience was like a C was like an F. Yeah, my dad saw a C on my on my report card, and he was like, "Are you failing? I think that means you're failing." And I'm like, "No, that means I'm average." Like <laughs> exactly, like. It's a fine. Like, it, striving for an A is just so, like, it's too much to put on, like, young kids, I feel. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what happened to us. Like, we were like, you have to be above average. You have to excel. And that's how we're going to be proud of you. That's how we're, like, we're going to be happy with you. When things are okay, things get degrees. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> it's just weird how we have to be... We have to go above and beyond just to get the bare minimum. It's it's the complete opposite. And I think that also ties in with like trying to win over their love. Um, and that's probably also why immigrants are such hard workers because we're always trying to win over something. Right. And it's like, even when we get into our, like, our work fields, we're like, not only are we women, but we're women of color. So it's gonna get worse. And then like, we had all this added pressure, so it's just a number stops. Like, we had pressure from our parents, now we're going to get pressure from our boss. Mm-hmm. And then, then we're going to get pressured and raise our kids. And then if we ha- then if we don't have kids, it's pressure to have kids. And it's just, it's just can't get a break. Yeah, so you mentioned that you worked right now in, in high school and college. Um, so I do too. I work, I've worked in, like, customer service, and I hate it. But, um... I, tr- I feel like because of my parents' expectations, I, like, always go above and beyond. And I have friends who are, like, minimum wage, minimum effort, and that could not be me. Like, I'm far mm-hmm. from that. And not, like, I'm trying to show off, but, like, I wish I could just, like, do the bare minimum. And I feel like I cannot. Like, that would make me so afraid. Like, oh, my God, I'm going to lose this job, even though they don't, and they don't do anything. Do you feel like that's true with you working and going to school at the same time? Oh, yeah. And it's, like, funny, too, because, like, my mom is very much, like, this experience is, like, I don't, like, don't work. And I'm, like, if I don't work, I'm not going to get money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then my life, like, you're not going to give me the money. <laughs> so I need to work. So it's, like, balancing work in school. Like, I couldn't imagine giving, like, you said, like, that low effort because we were never taught to ever give minimum effort to anything. It's always been work above and beyond. So, like, I, like, watch, like, other people, like, are just on their phones. And I'm, like, how? 
there's so much to do. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I also feel like when when we don't receive um, something in, re in return for our hard work, our parents get mad for us. Oh, like, yeah. Is, yeah, I just feel like, so there was like this dad who came into the daycare that I work at and he was like complaining about something um, with like what whatever happened with the kids and his kid. And I told my dad about it and he was like, oh, but he wasn't complaining about you, right? About you as the teacher. I'm like, no, I'm not even in that room. So it's like, why are you worked up about this? And it's just like that weird dynamic of like, they're trying to protect us, but yet every other situation in our lives, we don't ever feel protected. And I also feel like that goes to us. Like we either learn to like, just stop asking for that protection from them at that point. And I feel like that sucks because we should want like the comfort of our parents from like, naturally but it just got to the point where it's like what's the point we already know how to comfort our own selves mm -hmm. i'm not sure if you guys have seen this tiktok but i think that was like i thought of it when um andrew told me the topic of um this this episode's part of this episode of you guys podcast she was like i thought instantly of um what did they say? They were like, no one understands first-gen kids unless you're talking to a first-gen kid because, like, you'll complain about their parents and then they'll be like, well, why didn't you just tell them that you're 18? Or why didn't you just tell them that it's your room? Like... They don't care. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just so funny how, like, stark difference it is mm -hmm. between, like, how our parents are raising us. Yeah, because... My friend was saying that, like, when I turned 18, my friend was saying that you should be able to do whatever you want, you want, you're 18. And I'm like, yeah, by law, that's true. But the law is just a piece of paper to my parents. So it it does nothing like that argument is invalid, automatically. Yeah, I feel like now that I'm getting older, I, I realize a lot of this, like, I always complain about my, my parents being overprotective or um, like not having boundaries with me. And a lot of my friends were like having the complete opposite. Their parents gave them too many, I mean, too much space and not enough rules to follow. And I, and I feel kind of grateful in a way because they had crazy rebellious faces and like they're not paying the consequences for. And I never had that. <laughs> But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, I feel like those are two both extremes. Good parenting should be somewhat in the middle. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, when you mentioned that TikTok, I thought you were going to mention the one where they're like, um, every girl's first hater is their mom. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's so true. Oh, yeah. Like, no one is, attacks me more for how I dress or my weight or my looks than my own mom. <laughs> and it's funny because they're like, well, I'm better than mine. And I'm like, yeah, but you're still doing what they did. Exactly. It's, I I feel like it's a constant struggle that we're going to live with our whole lives. Because even my older cousins, they have like these weird, like a weird relationship with their parents still. And, and it's really unfortunate because um, they give us all this freedom at the end of our lives. But we never really build that relationship when we're supposed to. Okay, sadly, that is all the time we have today. 
Um, thank you to Treya for coming and joining us today. This was so much fun. Oh, but before we go, we have a question for Treya. If you were a type of contraception, um, what would you be and why? I would be the patch. That is what I use currently. I love it because I always I always just forget to take pills. So I feel like the patch is just basically a sticker you can put on your arm. I put mine on my hip. And it's just a sticker you replace once a week. And it's easy. It's convenient. I love it. <laughs> Does it ever come off? It used to in the beginning, but now I found the right place to put it. Like, I used to put it too high so it get caught on my jeans. Mm -hmm. So, like, I kind of, like, make sure it's right under the waist of, like, my underwear. And, like, it doesn't come off then. Because oh. if I had it in my arm, I would definitely be, like, picking at it. That's interesting. Huh. Oh, yeah. I love the patch. Shout out to Planned Parenthood, where I get the patch from. <laughs> <laughs> And they sponsor us, so yeah, shout out to them. Yeah, I'm sure they'll appreciate it.